Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands this year that matter? With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. The What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnarooians by Bonnarooians. Boy, John Prine. uh, The news came down this week. John Prine uh, is lost to COVID. Uh, one of the shows that we said you should not, could not, would not, damn you if you missed, and I missed it, and uh, now I'm paying for it, Barry. I'm, I'm, we need to figure out in September which which one of those shows is going to be that one for you. I do the same. Well, I think everybody does. You you make a put your foot down, and the, this is a big circle around it. This is the one I'm not going to miss, and then yeah. you're either tired, it's hot you're somewhere else mm-hmm. do i want to walk that far across you know, whatever well yeah, you're you're it. saying who's going to be the artist that may or may not be with us next year if we do no i'm saying who you're going to put a big fat check mark oh, okay. next to, and then you're going to miss it <laughs> because if it was going to be an artist that we might not have next year based on his you know rap sheet i would go with the baby the baby uh because he's having yeah. some troubles uh, um I no but know. I don't want to predict that type of thing. Oh, Lord Taco already opening a uh, PBR, okay. by the way. Uh, it, I don't know. If I had to guess the show that I'm going to say over and over and over, not to miss, do not miss, do not miss, and then I miss, probably the Sylvan SO Super Jam. Uh, I'm really fascinated with, with what Sylvan SO is doing with this project, and then uh, I'm going to talk it up and talk it up, and then I'm going to probably nap. well it's legit i mean we all do it i I mean you know i said before tom petty is that one for me um but that one i left there have been those where i've just slept through it walked by it didn't go whatever i'm sure anyone that's been has those same stories well the other thing that we probably need to do between now and september is come up with the list of the shows (laughs) that you can't believe you missed yeah the ones that you absolutely are so irritated and angry that you let fly right by you. Uh, there's a bunch of those for me. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, you, you, as many years as we've been, 15 years now, uh, there's going to be probably 50 that I can I can point to. I'm like, what in the world was I doing? Yeah. What was I doing? I'll uh, even, I mean, I even, the, the Beastie Boys one, for me, I was there, but I was not into it. I didn't know them. Man, as that's well a layer. As I do that's now. a layer I didn't even think about. Like I was there for it, and yeah. I didn't really like it as much as I probably should have. Huh? Now, I love that Beastie Boys show. That was I did so too. much fun. That's what I'm. That's my point. It was kind of an after the fact. I wish I could go back, um, and tell myself to pay better attention. You know. Mm. Uh, uh, after seeing the Childish show, by the way, I can't believe I slept on him for as many times as he came through my life especially twice at Bonnaroo I said eh I don't care what was I doing what, what was, was I doing some of that 
like you've said the other day, like Lizzo was there before, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody saw that show. Right. Um, don't know how good it even was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She's probably not the same performer wasn't yeah. then. So I mean, things like that, what are you going to do? Right. You know? Not many people, as many people would, would claim that they did, but not many people actually saw Black Keys at, a, at the cafe. You right. know, 12 years ago, you can say that you did. I don't necessarily think I believe you. Right. Uh, I was there, man. To, I was there. I don't know if you were. Which brings back to the prime thing. I mean, and I'm I'm honestly not, I don't mean to harp on you not being there because I've done it. Uh, that's not the point in this. Mm. You, you, but it was, it was amazing. And it was great because of who he was who he is was uh the guests you know to see brandy come out and sing with him but like i've said to see him so happy to be there and the crowd that was there uh was just appreciative of just right. like me you know they knew who he was um hey, another one Go ahead. i got it i mean mine was mine was solomon burke yeah. I am as big of a 60s soul uh fan as you can find on the planet and um, when I saw Solomon Burke's name years ago, I was like, there's no, there's no possible way you're getting me to miss this show because there's, I just don't, I don't know if he's going to make it to Bonnaroo, much less, you know, how much longer he's got after it. And when they basically had to walk him out and sit him on the throne, uh, I was around 500 people and I didn't care because this was a living legend that I was right. watching. And, um, you know, the soundtrack of so many great moments Life and I, I don't care if there's five people or five thousand people. Uh, what I'm watching is is pretty special to me. Yeah, there's a lot of those that I went to. Like I'm, I love Elvis Costello, but for him to have been there with Alan Toussaint, uh, that was my that was the one year that my wife actually came up. Oh yeah, uh, for the one night, and I that was I made her go see Springsteen, and I made her go see that one. Mm. Um, she likes Elvis very much too, but she would have had no idea, you know, what they were doing. They weren't doing her favorite Elvis Costello stuff. We, but, I, we, I, we literally said this needs to be a sh- episode uh, in the future, and then we started talking about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is wrong with us? Um, so today, here's what's going to happen: we've got another uh, uh, Patreon chat to have uh, to share with you a little bit later on in the show, and um, you know, some details about the the ticket giveaway we probably need to share with. Uh, everyone uh, towards the end. Uh, but first, we probably need to, you know, put a bow on all the things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the fear, the uh, anxiety that's around, you know, not just Bonnaroo, but festivals in general. Uh, we talked about a lot of it in a uber secret show uh, that happened last week that if you were lucky enough to uh, to catch, uh, sorry, we're going to probably repeat a lot of this, but uh, it's one of the, the the benefits of being a Patreon, by the way, at the whatpodcast.com. You get uber, uber secret shows uh, just for you. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, it's, it's gone in, in 15, 20 different directions, hasn't it, Barry? Yeah, absolutely. So, it, you know, greatest lineup ever. Most people agree. Um, we're a really, really good lineup. And then this happens. Mm. It gets moved to September. You could kind of feel the collective uh, air being sucked out of out of things, but everything has been moved or canceled. 
And then word comes out, what, 10 days ago or so that you could sell, that Bonnaroo was using a service called Light, and you could uh, put your tickets up for sale on there and no refund. So that's kind of what we talked about last week was, mm -hmm. uh, and I think, I think you were exactly right, um, Brad, and, and I, I think in the optics, the optics of it don't look good that Bonnaroo has built its name and reputation on doing the right thing and, and being very fan friendly. And as I've said, since we started this, not giving the impression that they have their hand in your wallet type of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't look good, but I mean that the New York times article from this past week talks about this, uh, this very trend and it's not just Bonnaroo, it's the entire industry. Uh, and the numbers are pretty staggering. I mean, they're, they're talking, it's like $12 billion, I think, it is affected by this virus right now with shows that have been canceled. And they're looking at losing $9 billion Jesus. Uh, be because of it. So I think when you were making your point about the optics, I was trying to argue trying to see it from their point of view that there's a reason you know they they know this uh they know what the optics look like but i just have to imagine that the conversations coming from um higher up whatever and and the 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 accountants has to just be scary mm -hmm. as hell you know what i mean yeah well to to go back and what we were talking about in the Uber secret show I'm um I understand what is is I understand all points and I understand where Bonnaroo is coming from and I understand where all the other music festivals are coming from. You have a uh festival s scene where Hangout has canceled um when they had the entire summer to reschedule. I mean they had the summer wide open. They could have picked any date and they could have gone if you went to Hangout you could still go i mean it's a it's a summer festival it's a summer beach festival who's going to complain whether it's you know 95 degrees or 101 degrees right. either way uh they could they had to cancel and the reason why they had to cancel is because they could not get their uh, headliners to agree to a new date um mostly because you know they didn't want to risk it and because it just didn't work out they don't reschedule unless they have most of the lineup confirmed to another date uh they're not going to reschedule with half of their headliners that just doesn't happen they reschedule because they have already locked in insert amount of artists here uh right. who, who those are we don't know but it will absolutely be the headliners just not gonna not gonna be anything other what i found out from a uh, mid-card uh act level manager is that they don't even foresee a live experience happening at all until November when it comes to tours. They, yeah. haven't even, they won't even think about a tour. They won't even start a tour until November, uh, partly because there are some of these festivals that you know are going to take precedent because they're big looks, they're big money, and uh, November is sort of the safe zone. Uh, but they are all freaked out about bringing, you know, artists from town to town to town and exposing them to something that may still be around. Um, so 
from what I was told, is like if it's November, it's November, but pretty much wipe out the rest of 2020 as far as tours are concerned. Um, so what that means to festivals, uh, you know, I foresee the festivals that are still going around, are still happening, to still get most of their lineup intact. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the Lollapaloozas that you got to worry about. Um, I fully anticipate, based on uh, several, several conversations at this point, that Lollapalooza is completely canceled. Um, you can pretty much wipe that one off of the list. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, these artists have got to figure out a way to make money somehow. So they are hoping to God that these festivals can happen in the fall without too much uh, fear of, of this you know, virus returning. So, you know, they're going to do the festivals. They have, they, they yeah. have to make some sort of money. And as far as a tour is concerned, you might as well just write that off entirely. Yeah. And the first that it's even going to show up is November. And that's um, something when you said that that's that's just stunning because it, it this is uh april <laughs> yeah you know that's a that's a good ways off and one thing or a couple of things that we've learned uh in your line of work and my line of work and and doing this is a lot of this is about relationships you know a lot of the uh, shows that happen whether it's at a small venue here or a festival usually come out of some relationship that is developed over time. You know, you do this this year, we'll move you to a bigger one next year. You book this act and hey, I've got this other one also. There's that aspect and then there there really is not a large number of people doing this. The live nations of the world have, are the 800 pound gorilla. You know, they control a lot. Um, and so uh, to your, I, I think that gets to your point where the bands and management, uh, they're all working together. You know what I mean? There's not going to be a lot of rogue independents out there saying, no, we're going to yeah. start touring. It's going to yeah. be just what you're saying. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you're an, unaf this is where if you, if you want a dog on live nation, you you, I mean, you probably have a really good argument there, you know, well, actually I can talk out of both sides of my mouth on this one. Live Nation is going to be the reason why some of these artists get any sort of um, dates from now until the end of the year. Uh, but if you are an independent venue that's not affiliated or ran mostly by Live Nation or one of these big companies or winner, you know, AEG, good luck trying to get, an, uh, you know, your, your room filled uh, from right. now until the end of the year. And that is going to really, right. really destroy uh, some of this, uh, some of these venues. Now, um, the other thing that we say, basically talked about is how that affects the people who have already bought tickets. And look, I, I said this pretty openly on Twitter a couple weeks ago that if there's a rescheduled date, they're not going to issue, issue a refund. It's not going to happen. Um, they stand to lose way too much money right. to offer uh, cancellation refunds. It, if there is a festival, they are going to, you know, want their money. It's just like a baseball game. Right. If, exactly. If, if, there, if there's a rain date, you're not going to get your money back because they're going to play the game. Now, with that being said, I find that to be uh, perfectly legitimate for any other festival in the country. If you uh, postpone Music Midtown, okay. If you postpone Voodoo Fest, so if, if Four Castles postponed, okay. 
But Bonnaroo has made their entire mission about the connection that they have with the people and how it's different than every other experience on the planet. It's special because of its brand values. It is completely in the antithesis of their brand values to not offer the people that have meant so much to them the opportunity in this climate where they have zero money, where they have no ability to pay, where they have lost their job, when most of your clientele are in the service industry or have been majorly affected with zero amount of money that is coming in right now, to then also ask them to be on the hook for four or $500 for a music festival they may not even be able to go to when all of this is done because they're going to have to be working. It is the absolute wrong thing for this entity in above any other to not offer some sort of relief in, in the way of a refund. And, and punting and making it about, oh, well, you can sell it on the resale market goes against everything that they're about and I think is going to cause more problems in the long run. You're going to end up angering the people that believe in you the most when you need them the most because next year they ain't coming back if you do this to them. If you do this to them this year, they're not ever, ever going to come back for you and you are not going to be able to espouse all of these high and mighty values that that we totally believe that you have and totally have been you know, preaching about for years. You're not going to be able to keep saying that because when it mattered... It be, when it mattered, it ended up being about the money. So all, I, all I'm saying, if anybody is listening in Bonnaroo, just do the right thing. Do the right thing. You will be paid back twofold, threefold by the people that you're doing the right thing by. Give them the opportunity to cancel their, their ticket. Give them the opportunity of getting a full refund or even maybe an 85% refund. We understand you need to make money, but don't make money off the backs of people who are struggling to survive right now. Give them the opportunity. That's what your brand values are. Do the right thing, and they'll pay you back in the future. Yeah. No, I I don't disagree with anything you've said. I just, I have to believe, well, I have to wonder how much of that might have happened were this five years ago, pre-Live Nation, and how much Live Nation made that decision, number one. And because knowing as we do the folks in Knoxville, AC Entertainment, I just wonder what that conversation was like. Because those guys, I'm willing to bet, if not all of them, at least more than a couple raised their hands and said exactly what you just said. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but then the edict still came down because, I mean, as big as Live Nation is, I don't know. Do, would they do it just for one festival? I mean, I just can't. I can't see that decision being made um, by Live Nation. You know, everybody else, no refunds except for this one. I, I, I just think that'd be a. It's true. I mean, it's a good hard, point. It's a good point. It's a good point. But also, you know, if if I'm Live Nation, I also have uh, not only maybe a half capacity festival. If this even happens, come. September, I have a half capacity festival and I probably don't have any sponsor money to go with it. Uh, That's the, the thing, yeah. The sponsors, we... the sponsors are not going to come back on after 
you know, four months of getting basically zero amount of money uh, into their business and then spend that marketing money on a music festival instead yeah. of paying their people that they just furloughed. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's a different world and they're going to get zero. Um, uh, they're looking at the future and getting zero money for this major, major festival uh, world that they have to put, they have to put out. I mean, they're, they're going to be a sieve of money and you know, they're trying to save every dollar they can to make this thing work. I understand. I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And you have a good point. <clears throat> do it for one festival and not the other, you know? Right. Look, I don't know. This, I mean, talking about this is what we do. Um, but I, and it's very similar to what we've been talking about at the newspaper where I work is I, it's so early to try to predict anything. You know what I mean? And it's so early to, we're, we're, that it is changing so quickly that for us, the stories that we're writing, there've been two or three that I know as I'm writing them will not be the same story a week from now. Right. Type of thing. Um, and I'm, I say that because of your point about sponsors. I just think that's a great, great point that, who knows what that world's going to look like in the fall. And then you throw in, I think we've talked about trying to, everybody's going to be looking at those eight dates, you know, four in September, four in October, whatever. And they're all trying to get it. Not just the festivals, but the venues, the businesses, the, the nonprofits, whatever. Um, there's only so much fencing. There's only so much security. There's only so many volunteers all of those things are going to be uh, key components. And yeah, the idea that, that um, you know, a big, even a Coca-Cola on down to your local insurance guy who normally maybe helps sponsor some of these things, who knows where they're going to be mm -hmm. in September, mm -hmm. you know, and then you're, then you're going to go to them and say, hey, yeah, you remember you, you promised us sex amount of money. Well, right. You know, I mean, I, I think I think of the spicy pie. Point. I think of spicy pie guy a lot. You know, yeah, he's uh, hurting right now, but he is betting on and hoping. I'm I'm guessing he's hoping on the festival world coming back, and when it comes back, he can you know make up the money that he missed. Now, imagine all of the money that is just gone away for him with all the cancellations, and then when he comes back, he is going to be looking at a festival that that may be half full. You know, and he's going to want to, if I, if I was, you know, Spicy Pie Man, I can't remember his name, but Mr. Spicy Pie, Doug Spicy Pie, uh, he's going to, you know, want to figure out how to make up the rest of that money. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what they tell him. I don't yeah. know what they tell him when, when they have lost half of the, you know, their, their ticket buyers, they've lost half of their, uh, sponsor dollars. You know, P Lord knows, I know Lord Taco is sitting on, you know, with bated breath waiting on PBR to be the, you know, beer sponsor. Uh, but, you know, you think you think PBR is going to spend the, you know, $2 million to be a beer sponsor right now? I no. think they're going to be making, uh, they're going to be a lot of hard decisions. They're going to be looking at what, what makes the most sense for them at that particular time. Same with the spicy pie. What if... Uh, what if there, I know Bonnaroo is a huge event for him, but what if there are two or three, he's what, in California, right? Um, you know, the same weekend. 
that are right there. Does he do a, a smaller event, you know, uh, with less effort? And by effort, I mean costs, all that sort of thing. Um, I, I don't, I don't think we know. Uh, is I don't either. The point. I, um, mm. There's going to be a, a lot happening. And, and then I'll, I'll get one step better. Like, okay, now we have a world where we don't know if festivals um, that have rescheduled can get a lineup or uh, sponsors to even, you know, fulfill the date that they have. What about the festivals that haven't even announced their fall, you know, their fall festival yet? Um, you know, you've got you know, Music Midtown in Atlanta. You've got Voodoo Fest here in New Orleans. I mean, I I heard the I heard the Voodoo Fest lineup this week, and what 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 are you supposed to do with it? You know, they've got they've had the lineup done for for two months. What are they supposed to do with it? You know, they can't announce it because they don't no. know if they're even gonna they don't even know they're gonna have it. Um, they can't announce it because who's gonna buy a ticket to it? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this this window, although feels so wide, right, and so wide open for, because it's April and that's not until October 31st or it's not until September 23rd or it's not until the window is getting very tight and very small and closing by the day. And, you know, you have a festival. Like, I just use Voodoo. Uh, you still got a, a, a pre-sale. You've got an announcement, a, a lineup announcement. You've got an on sale. You've got marketing, and you're going to try and squeeze that in from I don't know July when nobody will have any money, or maybe just now getting back to work till October. And you have to uh, promise a certain amount of number to uh, insert sponsor here to make it worth their money. The window is getting very, very tight, and I think that that's why you get uh, people like Festival write tweets like he did that got, you know, people really worried and upset about summer festivals canceling. I mean, if you think the window is getting tight, if you and if you agree with me and understand my logic is that the window getting tight for people like Voodoo, imagine the window for say Lollapalooza. It's over. Yeah. None. They Not they only- they haven't announced their lineup. They don't have a ticket set on sale. They don't have a sponsor. It's over. And so what are they supposed to move it? Okay, well, is the city of Chicago gonna let you know Lollapalooza just pick a weekend where they that's, can just use the entire the biggest park in all of Illinois? No, that's not that's, happening. That's what I'm saying. And and not only is the window closing or getting tight, as you say, but there's a bunch of people trying to get through it, mm-hmm. and they're all trying to get through it at the same time. I don't know how Chicago operates, but I'm gonna bet there are things in that park big and small already you know what if uh like our here in town we have the four bridges arts festival comes to mind that's their biggest event of the year they make their it's a non-profit they make their money that mm-hmm. at that event what if it's the same weekend you know that Lollapalooza, if it was here right. wanted to or there's eight others that are trying to have that's what i mean there's only so much security there's only so much fence there's only so much space mm-hmm. uh, everybody here wants to have their events at the riverfront and Barry, you know? that's not even to even acknowledge the freedom <clears throat> excuse me the freedom or the desire for someone to even be out in public did you yeah. see the study yeah. about people right. who who will or won't go to a sporting event come fall yeah if there was not a vaccine some of 70% of respondents say they're not even going to go to a sporting event. 
unless proper precautions are made for social distancing. What are they going to sell a ticket and then have three, you know, seats in between the person? Right. Are you out of your mind? Right. It's not going to work. No, so, it's so not only not only do you have a a window that's closing, everybody trying to go through it at once. You also have to have clientele who even want to be a part of something that requires you to be around insert amount of people. Uh, and then on top of it all, you know, you hear scientists or experts, et cetera, say that, oh, it might just get, you know, that second wave right. come the fall when it comes back. You're going to have freaked out no, thousands great, of freaked out people. It's a great point. There's uh, all of the things that we're talking about trying to predict. People's psyche is one of them. That's a great point. We don't even know. I mean, we're what, two months into this, we're nowhere really near the other side of it. Um, right now, people are, you know, antsy to get out. They think they are. What happens if we're shut in for another couple of months and, and more people do die? You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. The idea of, do I want to go to a large crowd? I mean, mm -hmm. that's a great, there's just so many factors I honestly that wish that I could know yet. I wish that I could live like Lord Taco, just uh, drinking in my bus. That is <laughs> part really of his garage. Yeah, life is good. I can do this anywhere, <laughs> and you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I have gotten to the point where I am. Um, I'm getting closer and closer to feeling like this is not happening. And I'm not saying that because I know anything or I've got any sort of like information. But you mean none that, of that, that Bonnaroo is not happening. I yeah, I don't know if anything in the fall is happening. It's just there's just no. I hate to use the word infrastructure, but there's no playbook to doing this correctly. And the worst thing that can happen is you open up a gate for 65,000 people, 30,000 people to walk in and you run the risk of getting someone sick. What happens if insert brand here gets someone sick and that person unfortunately dies because they were at your music festival? Yeah. Your music festival is gone for the rest of eternity. The lawsuits... You do yeah. not have insurance, by the way, for this. Now, I saw that somebody posted that insert thing here had an insurance policy for something like this. All that I've been told is that as soon as South by canceled, the insurance companies ripped that clause completely out. And you could not rip it out. They ripped out of any future uh, deals that they made with with people who wanted an insurance policy for music festivals or large gatherings. They took that clause completely out because they saw exactly where it was going. You can't even buy an insurance policy to cover you if something like this were to terribly happen. So, so guess what? What are you going to do if, if insert person here, uh, if insert person here is lost to COVID uh, and where is taco going? Yeah, I bet you can guess. <laughs> He's, yeah, had a, at, he's had five PBRs. I wonder where he's going. <laughs> I wonder where he's going. <laughs> yeah. I, I just you, you got you got this world where if something tragic were to happen at your festival, you're yeah. you're shut down for probably ever. Yeah. Think about I mean one of the things that we noticed, like you said, when South by canceled and then uh Coachella moved was the optics. Nobody out there wanted to be that guy 
you know, the Florida beaches. I mean, they they, they just got pounded yeah. in the public, uh, yeah. you know, court of opinion, court yeah. of public opinion, because they were putting people at risk. So no, you're. So yeah, go the other side of it. That was shut, shut, shut down. Now it's who opens first. You know, who wants to be that one um, and take that risk? And will their insurance companies let them? You know, I'm going to say probably not. Yeah, I I think that you know I have been trying to keep my head in the sand with all of this and live in a world where uh, everything becomes normal afterwards, uh, and we don't need to worry about what happens in the fall because it's all going to come back. I think that you probably if you're if you're like me, uh, you probably need to start wrapping your head. You probably need to start wrapping your head around the idea that this is not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I. If nothing, I don't know that I'm there yet, but I am certainly to the point where I don't know. Um, there are so many things that can happen that we've already talked about that you're probably closer to the truth than we want to want to believe. Uh, just because I, I think a lot of people are just think there's going to be some magic bell. You know, yeah, somebody's right. going to ring and then it's like, hey, we're all Everything's back. good now. Everything's yeah. good. And I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think well, it, it almost feels like it almost feels like when you have like a flood or whatever, you, you don't know how bad the damage is till it all goes down. And then w- with a flood, you you find damage weeks later that you didn't even consider. I mean, that's a I don't know, another analogy type of thing. And no, that's a good I one. Keep, I keep thinking of it's not the unintended consequences. It's the consequences that we don't see and can't, we don't know yet. Yeah. You know, again, everybody thinks they're going to ring a bell. We all have this giant wallet full of money that we've right. been saving because we can't go out and we're just going to hand it to, you know, people in need. And not everybody has that wallet, you know. I would argue that not many people have that wallet, especially yeah. the clientele that go to these sorts of things. Uh, I would damn near say that the people, the the 16 million people that are unemployed over the last you know month, yeah. I'll uh, give you an example. I, I would dare say that that that's probably 75 percent of the Bonnaroo uh, clientele. I keep thinking uh, one of the early interviews I did um, for the paper was with the local coffee roaster. He he had 11 people, including himself. He laid 10 of them off, and I said, "Well, you know, can you?" Coffee has a shelf life, right? He said, "Yeah, I, three weeks." He said, "I so I it, it's not like he can use this time to stock up, you know." Number one and number two, he said, and and this is what my point is, he said, and it's not like when everybody gets back to work that they're going to buy five cups of coffee instead of the one just to make my life better. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, that one keeps resonating in my head because he's exactly right even if people do come out of their houses and say i want to help everybody they're they're not going to buy five cups so right right and and by the way the the money that if ever comes to you from the government uh lord knows that ever happens but if it ever comes to you are you using that twelve hundred dollars to buy five cups of coffee no you're probably using that twelve hundred dollars to i don't know pay rent yeah, or, to dig out whatever hole you right, or do eat in. food. Yeah, no, that's um, exactly right. E- either way, over the next few weeks, we're still going to talk Bonnaroo. 
Oh, somebody's here. Oh, oh, hey, we got a package. Hey, Kimball. Um, so, yeah, it's my neighbor. It's my next door neighbor. Um, oh, I can't get it. I'm in the middle of a show right now. So, geez, Louise. I'm on the phone. Hillary, Hillary wants me. To, here's the thing. Hillary wants me to go get the package from the front door because she's wearing a see-through shirt. You know, <laughs> the problem is that she's wearing a shirt that she probably shouldn't be wearing if someone Ose comes to the door, you know? Whatever. And you, oh, wait, Brad, can you get that? Yeah, sure. Hang on a second. You guys just wait. I got this. <laughs> well, where's your see through shirt? <laughs> well, I'm wearing see through pants, which is a. Uh, oh, I knew it. Uh, so, nice. all right. So here's the, uh, here's what we're going to do the next few weeks. We still have artist interviews. Yep. We still have uh, things to talk about. Very and, uh, you know, next week we've got Ed O'Brien from Radiohead. Well, uh, I'm such a dork for. I, uh, Brad did a uh, let me Brad, Brad did a great interview with with Ed O'Brien, so you guys are gonna love it. It might be Ed O'Brien. The video quality he was <laughs> close <laughs> the entire time, so it may or may not be him. Who knows? Yeah. Was yeah. it Ed O'Brien or was it Lord Taco? You don't. Yeah. Know. yeah. <laughs> it was Barry's giant cartoon head on a stick. He <laughs> looked like a villain, is what it looked like. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the the interview was terrific, and then Larkin Poe. I um I I did an interview with the uh, those girls so Good. unfortunately we're not we're having to uh adapt um you know like i did it without you you did that ed o'brien without me but we got it done so yeah, yeah so we got it, at least got those in the next few weeks plus we're going to talk to more patreons in fact uh, we got a patreon we're going to talk to right now uh introduce the uh, patreon coming on the show with us there barry quarter frank frank one of our early what uh, an introduction you did it barry frank from <laughs> iowa <laughs> And he's, uh, you'll, I, it's a, it's a fun interview. He's an attorney. Uh, he's been going, he's 20, what do he say? 25. He's been going since he was 19 with his buddies. Uh, um, so we hear, hear about, um, yeah, what he loves about it. And what I like, uh, keep thinking about is he's got, uh, posters from the six that he's been to hanging on his wall. I just, I, this festival means a lot to people and yeah. we keep saying that it's, it's not just, a four-day yeah. excursion it's become it becomes part of our lives so well let's talk to frank and then we'll come back and wrap things up frank uh one of our patreons on the what podcast a podcast for bonnaroovians by bonnaroovians insert bonnaroovian frank this is uh thanks for doing this this is uh as we promised with our patreons some of them uh have the honor i guess <laughs> i don't know that yeah. seems that seems pushing things. The the honor is you get to see Barry dressed as Charles in charge. Uh, <laughs> this I love this outfit. It is wow. a very nicely done polo shirt, and then under it, it's your high school mascot. Pretty much. <laughs> you can't yeah. be too judgmental these days. Just no kidding. Right. One, one day no. at a time. It's like it's like we've been preparing for this quarantine for years. You and I, Barry. This is this is sort of what we've been doing forever. Kind of, actually. Just video so, chatting with each other for hours upon hours. Tell us about yourself, Frank. Where are you? Uh, I am in cloudy Des Moines, Iowa right now. Um, I am a lawyer. I'm 25. Uh, been okay. going to Bonnaroo stop for... Stop making us feel bad about our, cho- our life choices, <laughs> right? Uh, that's that's the most... Imba- I don't like to tell most people that part when I meet them, but uh been going to Bonnaroo for uh, six years now. Um started going in college and then had we uh we went with a big group and group camping and then we kind of started falling off 
joined Rut- uh, Rutan Clan. And then this year we were planning on uh, doing RV, but uh, we'll see about that. So Yeah. You made the but big yeah, leap. Just, you made the big leap from uh, guest camping to or group camping to RV. That's that's well, a big that's a big joy, choice of yours. Our second year, I was the head of our group camp, and we were the second biggest camp. Um, and that work uh, is a little cumbersome. Um, so we decided, you know, I don't really want to do that anymore. And our group was getting smaller, as you know. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get people to come from Iowa. Uh, the older they get, they got jobs, they're in school. And so this year, we ended up just getting a rented a minivan and there were seven of us so we had a great time and we decided you know if we have that few amount of people let's you know see if we can upgrade it a little bit you so. rented a minivan yeah how okay not to get too personal how, how expensive was that uh, i think for each of us i mean we each paid under probably 200 dollars, um and then we didn't have to use our cars and very uh, you know what i'm thinking we need a van we need a van. I we know. need a it van. Was, couch, I've done it with the couch. I've taken my car pretty much every year, and I was so happy to come back and not have this destroyed vehicle like you do at another camping festival. So uh, mm. I would do it again that way for sure. So I endorse it. That yeah. was that was my question: is how how many other festivals do you attend? Uh, good. Uh, you know, this year. Or next week, I was supposed to be at Coachella for the first time. So uh, we'll see if October comes around on that. Um, Been to Forecastle, Voodoo, Lollapalooza, Pitchfork. Now kind of the the ones that are every year for me are Pitchfork. Um, Hinterland is a festival here that's pretty small, um, but it's more Americana. Last year, headliners were like Casey Musgraves, Jason Isbell. Um, but really just, you know, you see a good lineup and you, you know, just try to go. I was in school for seven years in a row. So I always kind of had the summers to do whatever you wanted. So what, what, are, you gonna, say, what are you going to do if Coachella, like Coachella and Bonnaroo all happening within the same, like four weeks, how in the world do you, do you make that work? I have no idea. Just okay. <laughs> hopefully work doesn't get too mad at me. So, but that is the plan. You're going to, you're going to go yeah. to. Yeah, we moved all of our. I had to cancel our RV so we can re-rent another one. But for Coachella, we just moved everything to October. So wow, works pretty well. All right, so Coachella plan. You're flying into LA and then renting the van again. So my uh, good friend Scott, who uh, was in our first Bonnaroo crew and went maybe three or four years, uh, he lives out in Newport Beach, right on the beach. So I just fly into. Uh, I've got to get better friends. <laughs> gotta get back. I just move out, go down to John Wayne Airport and whatever city that is, and then uh, it's in Oakland, just, I think, right? No, it's uh, Orange County, so oh. it's only like an hour and a half from Indio, I think. So we were just gonna rent a, a Jeep and then drive down to an Airbnb, so a little more mm. laid back version of, of the camping festival for us. Man. We always, I mean, you'd be a good one to ask what are the differences between the festivals? I don't know. Bonner is obviously my favorite. I got all six of my lineups, you know, hung up right there. And it's the thing we look forward to every year. Um, I would say Austin City Limits is probably the best city festival I've been to. Just best run, easy to get around. Um, Bonner is just, I mean, for me, it's more about like the vibes, you know, maybe the real, the real Bonner is the friends you make along the way. Um, And, you know, we've got people that I never would have met that I talk to every day now um, that I see once a year. 
Um, and that's just, you know, that's what it's important for me. And then I also just love music. So uh, Bonnery is a good place to go and kind of get your money's worth. Um, yeah, see, do you do any other camping festivals though? Have you other than other than Bonnaroo? Uh, the one here hinterland I camp. Uh, oh, okay. I've camped at when I was younger. I, I grew up as more of a country music fan, so I've been to some of the Midwestern country camping festivals, like huh. Country Thunder or something like that. Um, but that's what they called me in high school, Country Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, if I had the choice, you know, I, I like you know Forecastle is a good example of. It's a cool city. You can get a cheap hotel and go take a shower and, you know, whereas right. uh, when we went to Voodoo, I think we stayed in the worst La Quinta Inn in Metairie, Louisiana. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Nice choice. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, that festival is just a logistical nightmare to get in and out I'm, of. So. I'm glad to hear that because I live five blocks from it. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, I literally don't know anything about it because I've never been, but... Um, but yeah, I can imagine uh, driving in from Metairie every day is not necessarily the way you want to go. Yeah, we went in uh, 2017, I think, when it would have been Kendrick Lamar and LCD Sound System, and the inside of the festival is really cool. Um, it's just you know we had to give up on Ubers and walk 50 minutes down to you know Bourbon Street or however long it is. Um, so you just kind of wow, have to you walk from City know. Park to Bourbon Street. Absolutely. Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> wow. Well, we've been drinking. Right time of day, by the way. If you ever try to do that again, don't yeah, actually yeah. don't ever do that again. Please yeah. don't ever yeah. do that again. I I called New Orleans a, after I was my only time there. I said it was a seventy-two hour city because I don't think I can survive any longer than that. Yeah, well, doing what we were doing. So, Frank, let me be honest with you. Quarantine helps. Quarantine <laughs> yeah. helps. I think All it's right, helping what? everybody kind of relax a bit. So, yeah. I mean, it's an obvi- obvious question, but what sort of went? What sort of things did you and your friends all talk about when, when it was looking like this that Bonnaroo was going to probably be postponed or canceled? I mean, we've all gone through it, but uh, I don't think we haven't had a, you know, Brad and I have talked about it with Taco, but we haven't had a, you know, a guest yeah. or whatever. You know, we we have a group chat. Um, I'm still in the Rutan group chat. Um, I've always, you know, ever since our second year, I've kind of me and my friend Carter who have been all six years kind of take the administrative role of planning Bonnaroo. You know, we do the, I rented the RV, we get the hotel room for Nashville the night before. Um, and so this year it was just kind of, you know, part of my job, I'm a insurance coverage lawyer. So I've had to deal with COVID stuff at work a lot. And so I was kind of getting, you know, heads up on what was coming a little earlier. So I just tried to start kind of saying, you know, I don't, I'm not sure this is going to happen guys. Um, of course, we all love it, so we're all, you know, if we can go in October, we can go in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might actually have more people because of October. Um, but, you know, we're nobody had, I think only four of us have had, had bought tickets yet. So just kind of try to be pretty flexible and see what happens, but pretty bummed. Um, that's obviously like the best, best week of the summer. Who um, who's the artist you absolutely do not want to lose from the lineup if there's going to be some shakeouts? Oh man, um, I just because of you know sometimes there are people you really want to see and there's people you really want to see at Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Jason Isbell for me is kind of the one that I really want to see oh, at Bonnaroo. He mean, yeah he means a lot to me just his music and. Mm-hmm. Um, Losing him there um, would just be a pretty big bummer. But then, you know, headliner, 
I just, you know, seeing Tame and Paula kind of try to rectify what I thought was kind of a bummer of a 2016 set. Really? With all new music, yeah. Well, I'm definitely in the camp that thought that late night set was cut way too short. And yeah. So, all right, so it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because if if there was one thing that was tough for me for that show, they weren't giving me favors for me because LCD was right before them, and it was the first time I'd ever seen LCD. So, uh, uh, plus some 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 you know other things that were happening, uh, you know, in my mind and my body. <laughs> I happen. said to myself, like it was just such a big come down from LCD to yeah. Tame, and then so the thing that was so great about LCD is exactly what I was seeing with Tame. And I was like, oh, I'm seeing this sort of again. Um, yeah. And it didn't feel uh, as free and as light as and as fun as LCD was. It felt very sure. stoic and put together and, and great for all that. But uh, it didn't seem like it was loose at all. Uh, and well, I know that's sort of why Tame, you know, gets, I mean, that's why people like Tame. But I like a little bit of looseness. And that's why I can yeah. never watch that All J show ever again. It's too tight. <laughs> Everything's too choreographed, and I, it's got no personality I, on stage for me. What I would say is, like, I always, when, when we go and we go to a great set, I say, you know, some people really meet the moment of being at this, you know, huge festival. They know this is our big day. Like, this is our chance to kind of show who we are. Last year for us, that was, you know, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever on Thursday night. We just looked yeah, at like each other, show. and we were like, these yeah. guys know that they are playing to get famous. And, yeah. you know, they really killed it. Um, and it, sometimes people just treat it as another date. Um, so hopefully they, you know, it seems like Kevin Parker's kind of fleshed out what he wants his live show to be now. Um, so pretty excited for that. I do. I do have a feeling that is going to be uh, still tight and still really, really uh, produced and choreographed. But I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more uh, fun and expansive yeah. on on the what well, then you can do that like childish gambino was very coordinated but right. it was fun and he was loose you know right you can have, they had all their beats down to the second but he yeah. was still just well, you know, that's a great point i mean I, the muse show to me was just like you're talking about it was still it was so tight and so it was too much too much for me it was too perfect choreographed too sounded perfect. terrific I, I think I, I didn't. It I left you with yeah. <laughs> I I equate bands like that to Matchbox Twenty. You know, back in the day at Matchbox Twenty in the nineties, everybody they have hit after hit after hit. But um, I know, but back in the day, it sounds stupid now to go to a Matchbox Twenty show. But if you go to a Matchbox Twenty show in nineteen ninety eight or nineteen ninety nine, that's what you want. Yeah, it, it sounded exactly like the album, and uh, I right. never understood why anybody would want to go to see this outside I think of that, being Matchbox Twenty. Yeah. Well, that Muse show, I went back to the campsite. My birthday is usually on during Bonnaroo, so I think that day had been like Sergio Simpson, and it was his birthday too. We went back to the campsite to kind of get ready for the night um, and for the Tom Petty show, uh, the Super Jam. So I guess that would have been Saturday. Um, so I guess I, you know, didn't really see much Muse. I'll be honest with you. I, you were not going to get better than that Sturgill show that year. No. Uh, oh, no. That was unbelievable. And it reminded me of the Black Keys years and years and years before when three guys can stand on stage with no lighting. Uh, one, I mean, just white light straight down on the stage and destroy for, yeah. I mean, yeah. the better part a, of 50 minutes was, that was well, phenomenal. That was a yeah. message show. I wonder, hey, Brad, what, what's, the, what's the act that you don't want to lose? Me? Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah, well, I wonder if it changed. Brittany? 
No, Brittany. it hasn't changed. No, it hasn't changed. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing changes for me for Brittany. Um, I think it's Miley for me, to be honest. You don't want to lose Miley? Great. No. I, I mean, I don't want to lose. That's so uh, different. I want to yeah. see that. And it's probably that's, the only chance I'm going to get to see her. And that's another show that, like, that's going to be really cool to happen at Bonnaroo versus at yeah. your local arena. Um, same, you know, Lizzo, too. Like, just the positivity there. Um, you don't want to lose that. We got a chance to see Lizzo at the this Maha Omaha Festival in August. Really? And we had been there the first night was Courtney Barnett and Jenny Lewis. Good crowd, you know, pretty laid back. And then Lizzo. was Lizzo. And 40-minute beer lines. You couldn't get anywhere. And it was one of my favorite shows I've ever seen live. So definitely want to. It's such a a great question. Hang on a second. The the reason I like that question is because – Barry's about to congratulate himself for a good question. Uh, <laughs> it is a good question. The reason I the I reason I like it the reason I like it is because it's it's a selfish request versus uh, a, a an artist that you probably would never otherwise see. And right. now I've got to rethink this because I mean I can see Brittany anytime. Anything. Well, I mean, you guys so if I lost her, yeah, I can give her a call. Uh, if in worst case scenario, what what does it matter? I gotta, th- I gotta rethink this. I like. I think that's. Better. I, I, I do think that's a good answer though, because their 2015 set was probably you know top five sets I've ever seen at Bonnaroo for sure. Yeah, Taco. Taco who, who's on your list? Uh, I want to see that turquoise show with Adrian Ballou. Adam oh, yeah. yeah, but that's you just saw it with me. We just saw this. Not with, not with. No, Adrian no, Ballou. no. We saw turquoise. We didn't see the uh, remaining light show. Okay, yeah. that's right. another one. There's. Yeah. There are several. This Ed O'Brien, that's that's what I wonder, Brad, if you'd maybe changed a little bit. Um, well, I'll be honest. Think for me, it's Miley because that is probably the only chance I'm going to get to see her. Well, I, I'm a little different in this world where I don't try and anticipate the negative, right? I, I, I feel like this whole thing is now just a whole bunch of people anticipating the whole thing going away. And I'm just not there yet, right? I'm not there... Um, believing that everything's going to be canceled, everything's going to be different, the world is going to, we're not going to have any artists, we're not going to have any sponsors. I just, I'm not there. Um, so I guess I haven't even wrapped my head around the idea that somebody that I really wanted to see is not going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. sure. Maybe I will be. Give me a week. I mean, I might change my tune. <laughs> but, you know, you asked the question, it's a good question. Oh, that was my question, huh? That was your question. Oh, okay. Right, yeah, you sure. asked Frank. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Frank, when you um, when you were uh, planning to go to Coachella, um, were you? Let me ask. Was it an excited thing to go to Coachella, or do you make the plan to go to Coachella because you feel like you have to go at this point and knock it off the list? I would say it's a little bit of both. I mean, it, you know, we've been going to Bonner for six years. It's kind of the the polar opposite. Um, in lots of different ways, but this year's lineup for me was just like Frank Ocean, Rage Against the Machine, all the great indie acts that Bonnaroo has kind of struggled mm-hmm. to keep coming back, um, I think, compared to 2014. Mm. Um, and so, you know, kind of just go, that was for me more of a musical pilgrimage, whereas, you know, when Bonnaroo's had down lineups, um, it, we still didn't have a question of if we were going to go or not. Last year, Last year, I had to wait for the lineup to come out because I was studying for the bar exam. I was like, if it's terrible, I can't jeopardize this. But if it's really good, then I'm going to go. Um, I like, 
I like the idea and, that it was the bar exam that he had to worry about, Barry. <laughs> you and I just worry about the bar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, exactly. there's been years where I think I went to Bonnaroo with $100 in my pocket. So, Wow. I, <laughs> we talked about that last week. You know, I, I just don't see anybody like that coming this year. And anyway, it's like struggling for money coming this year. We, we talked about this in, in a very secret, secret show uh, last week that um, if if we lose the people that the people we probably lose in all of this are the ones that are struggling for money to begin with. And that, you know, Bonnaroo is, you know, yeah. basically too expensive for them at this time where they have no income. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't necessarily course. see a lot of a lot of people with one hundred dollars rolling into Bonnaroo this year. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's going to be during the school year too. So a lot of college kids, I wouldn't have been able to go if I was still in school. So, you know, it's tough, but we've done Bonnaroo when there were, you know, just under 50,000 people and it was, you know, still the same great time. I just feel bad for the festival organizers, you know, you know, taking that hit. Never not great. I think it's fascinating that, you know, we, I keep harping on this, but the fact that you're in Iowa and going and the other patrons are New Orleans and, or Dallas, rather, in Orlando, and the wall behind you. You mentioned you've got the posters. Um, it's 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 not overstating things to say how this festival gets into people's lives, is it? I mean, it becomes no, a no. year-round kind of, of thing. Course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I our first year, our friend uh, Brett, who had kind of introduced me to all of my college friends, comes in. Um, Tears into the house on a Friday. We're drinking, and he's like, "You guys should come to Bonnaroo this year. There's a great lineup. We're all, you know, what the hell is Bonnaroo?" I think four hours later, nine of us had tickets, and we were ready to go. You know, and so you know, and since then, you know, it's been kind of for some of us, it's a every year thing, and other people, it's just you know, come when you can. There's always a spot for you. Um, We have kind of reached the point where. I love talking about Bonnaroo, but I, I stop inviting everybody I know. You know, I don't I don't need everybody with me there. I need the people that I I want to be at the show with. Yeah, you know? it's a certain select group those, that I'm comfortable experiencing this with. Uh, there's only so there, many people I mean, that were, get to see were, me in the morning. Yeah, yeah. There were I've, there's been times people have been like, "Should we come to Bonnaroo?" And I was like, "I don't know if you want to feel like you hate yourself for five days in a row, but if you want to, come on down." You know, like it's Plus, a, it's a acquired it's a, taste. Frank, it is one of these things where, like, you can look at the person and know if they're ready for this. Right. You know, it's right. like I don't. You might. Oh, it's adorable that you want to see Nelly, but yeah. I don't know if this you're cut out for this. And do and I want to be around you for five yeah. days, twenty four hours, type of thing? Yeah, I know. But everybody, everybody deserves the chance, and some people will surprise you. You know, and yeah. there's been people who I thought wouldn't do great that are, you know, still coming and. and True. You know, some of my favorite people to hang out with because they can show up and just be chill. You know, roll with it. They'll, you know, some people are have their schedule and they got to see XX and X, and some people are just, you know, I have two shows all, you know, all week that I want to see, and that's that's the only thing I'm going to demand. So it's, it, it's very true. I will say this though, if I have to give you any sort of advice as to who to bring and who not to bring, and, and you're right, there are a lot of times people will surprise you, uh, but here's the. The weird part is in January, you can buy a ticket, right? Uh, in June, you go to the festival. In between <laughs> then, you and your girlfriend will probably break up. So don't uh, buy the ticket with the girlfriend in January. Let I've that loved work itself out. I've had my own, you know, 
bad times with that at Bonnaroo. It happens. Uh-huh. You know, it, it either brings you together or separates you. <laughs> well, you're, an, you're the organizer in your group. Is does that help or hurt? Because I'm thinking along what you guys, what Brad was just saying, is part of what I try not to do is be reliant on anybody else. You know, like we've said before, we don't go to shows together. You know, in our in our in from Camp Nut Butter, it's you're on your own, and that's I think everybody that goes is that same way, and that's why it works, right? I mean, if somebody's having a bad day, then everybody can be having a bad day, type of thing. You know, when we had bigger groups, uh, I think we were actually more obsessed with trying to stay together. This year, when we had six, we just kind of were, you know, do whatever you want to do. We'll find each other, um, go see a show if you want. And we ended up all just kind of seeing the same shows because we wanted to be together. Right. Um, And we had, you know, we had a good mix of people, whereas, like, I'm into most kinds of music. I think, like, Saturday we did, you know, Juice World, Hozier, Casey Musgraves, National lonely island deaf heaven or you know just going to everything and then the people who care about edm music they can get their fill after midnight when all my stuff's done you know and then i'll you know soldier on for them you know it is it is an interesting thing that barry just said that uh we never go to shows together we hardly and there's there's usually one show a year that i drag the entire camp to that i really want everybody to go to uh, but other than that, we never go to shows together. But oddly enough, we always end up running into each other. Yeah. <laughs> always yeah, end up well, running into the same shows. We, it's, we it's that sort kind, of organic yeah. thing that makes it work. Yeah. I do think every year you kind of end up having like your buddy, like the guy who's with you all the time or the two or three people that are going to be with you at almost every show. That's always kind of worked out for me. Um, but yeah. just, you know, you got to be pretty loose about everything and, yeah, I mean, just the, don't take it too seriously. It's very true in our in our camp. Uh, the old people usually stick together. Barry and uh, you know Dude. our buddy Mike, uh, and then for for me, it's usually like me, uh, the wife, and our buddy Nick, Nikki T. Yeah. That's usually our our clan, and then. You know, uh, Lord Taco is with whatever woman he decides to find that day, and uh, <laughs> it was Brian. You and you and Brian Stone just yeah. travel around with whatever lady uh, you find throughout the afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's sometimes you just gotta follow your heart wherever it's taking you at Bonnaroo, you know. Like last year, unfortunately, we had all the plans in the world to go to see, you know, John Prine, and we had been at the 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 Casey Musgrave show on the on the what stage where the sound was just horrible, mm. and so we said, you know, I really like the National. My friend Carter, his big show this year was uh, Lonely Island, so I said, you know. Let's skip everything else. Let's get really close for those two sets. And then, you know, we'll live our best lives at these sets we really want to see. Even if we have to lose, you know, something peripherally that I really wanted to see, you know, Jim James, John Prine, you know, those were two on my schedule. But then, you know, it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes you get bitten by it, obviously. Yeah. So. John Prine was one that I, I, I knew. I knew the entire year last year talking about John Prine and – Telling Barry, I knew saying the words out loud, this is a show that I will not miss. You should not miss this. We don't know if this is ever coming back. The whole time, I'm like, I'm never going to go to this show. Yeah. And I knew it. I knew it. And I actually, stupid me, did it. You know, I, 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 it was too hot. Didn't work. I was too tired. I wanted to go see something else. And yeah. I missed John Prine. And, I, you know, you know it, they did him a disservice putting him at that time on that stage with the other acts against him. You know, they would have been 
20 other festival slots that he could have been in a better spot for everybody to go and worship at his feet, not, you know, nine o'clock on Saturday night when everybody's getting ready for, you know, the biggest night of Bonnaroo in my opinion. Man, so. was, Barry, was that when it was? 9 p.m. on a Saturday night? It was earlier because I, I, I was thinking it was more like six-ish. I was, was, the sun was going down. Okay. I was looking at it this this morning to see where the hell I was, and yeah, <laughs> well, it was pretty terrific. And to see Brandy Carlisle come out, you know, that's one of those surprise moments. But the thing that I remember was the smile on his face. You know, obviously yeah. he, he's been struggling with his health even before this uh, this year, obviously. But uh, just to see how happy he was um, was pretty great. And then yeah. for me. I mean, I'm late to I'm late to the whole John Prine thing. Um, I was thinking about that. My whole life, I've never been really a lyrics guy. I'm more about sure. the melody. And the last three or four years, for a variety of reasons, uh, the lyrics have met more. And uh, he's just about as good as it gets, you know. Sure. So to be able to see him finally, he's one of those that I missed, Brad. I'm like, I had chances to see him many times, and. I just the idea, to be honest, of ninety minutes of a guy and a guitar telling stories yeah. at that time didn't appeal to me. And now, right. you know, I'm, I'm, especially I'm, when you when you put a venue on top of it, which is probably a theater, and you're probably uh, sitting and napping. Um, that's a, yeah, yeah, you're going to yawn whether you're into it or not. That's what yeah. I always end up doing. You know, honestly, every show I, I yawn at every show I ever attend because I'm just like, you know, I just kind of vibe and then you're like oh man what's going on here yeah. same thing same thing when Andrew bird i love andrew bird but i can't not fall asleep during his show um you know it's just one of those things the venue means a lot and if you're sitting down and watching you know a a slow singer songwriter um with a guitar in a theater that you're probably not boozing at more often right. than not you're probably gonna be really really bored Right. Uh, which which sure. sucks for him, you know. But yeah. uh, festival, I should, you know, I, sh I, I knew I, just, I knew what it was going to be, and I and I just blew it. I wish they would have given him the the Brandy Carlisle spot, not because that set wasn't amazing. Um, and we had the me and my you know buddy last year, Ethan. Uh, <clears throat> we looked at each other when she was singing the mother, and we're like, why are we both bawling right bawling. now? Oh yeah. Bawling. yeah. I and looked then down, I, got, I looked down yeah. the line. Every dude standing next to me was hands on knees. Yeah. Tears falling had, down their face. We had went and saw the princess show and a couple of my more EDM focused friends were like, well, we'll just come with you guys to whatever's next. I was like, I'm not sure you're going to vibe with this at all. Yeah. And so they went and did their thing and we just, you know, cried and just were like, this is exactly what you want on Sunday morning. And then I got the chance right. to see her again. Uh, at our at hinterland last year and it was the same you know waterworks performance for yeah. me you know so she's unbelievable it was it was by far uh well not by far but if there was a show that that got me last year it was that one um i don't remember my oh childish gambino yeah, and Brandy Carlin. Say, you're childish gambino yeah. Brandy my i think my favorite was definitely childish setting up like the friday night energy and then everybody gets out of there and they're just like holy hell what are we doing tonight yeah and then we went to beach house and thanks to you know what we were doing that day the beach house set for me was the most perfect set i've ever seen at bonnie yeah. that you, my favorite set in six years not even close you did the same same route that we did uh man i uh i hope it works out for you this year and i hope uh everything yeah. makes uh makes it to manchester because you know just a word of warning. 
uh, from three people who lived in Tennessee for a very long time. It's still hot in September. It's yeah. still very, very hot in September. So, in fact, it might be hotter. Uh, because I, I've been trying to to wrap my head around this. Barry, the reason why, and, and you know, the Chattanooga, Tennessee people know this pretty well. The summers have started later and later and later. And 1st of June has actually been very nice for the past few years. And yeah. there's a reason. Because summer is not starting until almost July now in Tennessee. Uh and it goes all the way up to October. And yeah, believe yeah. me, there have been plenty of years the last few years where Halloween has been 92 degrees. So <laughs> let's uh, prepare yourself. September yeah. will probably be as hot or maybe even hotter than June. As long as the, there's a breeze, you can survive Bonnaroo. It's when that breeze is dead and you're sitting at the campsite is when you're just like, get me the hell out of here. This right. Well, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you on the farm, and uh, thank you so much for you know listening, supporting, and Thanks, uh, you know doing what you do at uh, at Bonnaroo. We hope to see you in I guess September. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you yeah, for having me see on. See you, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Thank you. <clears throat> I just got to figure out how to get out of here. Now. That's okay. <laughs> we got to uh, figure out our own thing. What are we there doing next? Barry Taco. You're trapped. You're trapped see with us here for now. Yeah, it's all right. Welcome to Camp yeah. Nut Butter. Yeah. You can never leave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you. The What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. I'm Bonnaroovian Brad. That's Bonnaroovian Barry. And then uh, Bonnaroovian Taco. Hi, Lord Taco. Hey, how are you doing? By the way, I love our, what we've uh, basically all been doing together, quarantine beards. Uh, we've all <laughs> been doing them well. And uh, Barry... Up coming in very nicely. <laughs> yeah, I actually shaved it off just two minutes before we started this because I saw I've it. I've never the light seen hit. It you terrible. with a beard. I've never seen you with a beard. No, you haven't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I just... growing my own face mask right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> I uh, I have a weekly call with Taco every yeah. Tuesday. Me and Lord Taco and some other friends um, just get on a, a, a video chat. And ever since we moved down here, and um, one week he looked like Taco. Literally, the next week he looked like Santa who had given up. <laughs> it was just yeah. poof, it had exploded. <laughs> like, how in the world does this happen in a week? I'm on three weeks, Taco, <laughs> and I can't get any sort of link. Yeah. It's just stuck here. How does well, yours? How does yours do that? Well, wait till September. PBR. Wait till Bonnaroo. Yeah, PBR. PBR does it. Yeah. Wait till Bonnaroo. Your face looked like Barry's head. <laughs> All right. Nice. Uh, so we were talked about the uh, said we were going to talk about the ticket giveaway. Um, I and we can talk about this openly. I don't really know how to give away tickets to a festival that you know I don't. I just don't think is going to happen. Mm. That's a great point, and we and uh, or give them away to somebody who may not be able to go in September. Right. So what do you now? But I don't. Yeah. So what do you want to do? You want to hold off on tickets until you know a couple weeks from now? You want to go go like that? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Well, now you guys know what we're doing. Well, we can ask people who are listening. You know, if. But I think that's the right. Just hang on to them. Let's wait till we're closer and uh, that way. That way, because I mean, we whoever we give them to, we want them to use them. Yeah. You know. Well, here's what I don't want you to do. Take whatever ticket you have and think that get, that gets you admission onto the farm at any time throughout the year, Brian Stone. 
Uh, our friend Brian Stone, for his 40th birthday, he thought that he could just walk onto the property of Bonnaroo and take some pictures and be Mr. Big Shot. Uh, um, and reposted some of the pictures, and they were good. You know, he, he got some nice shots of what Bonnaroo looks like without people. But please don't do that. Uh, I cannot believe that we haven't gotten yelled at about that uh, little no, excursion. No, not only did uh, I sent the picture of the fountain to our good friend Ken Weinstein yesterday and said one of our guys may or may not be there right now. And uh, <laughs> Ken immediately wrote back and just said that looks really cool. So Yeah, I mean, it was, but I mean, he uh, basically does trespassed. it every year. You know that, right? He does know, this every year. <laughs> I know that. But if we encourage people to do that, they're going to have Monterey themselves. It's going to be, you know, hundreds of people sitting on a, on a farm that they're trespassing in. Yeah. I mean, Brian walked into the, the Snake and Jake Christmas barn and basically saw the Bonnaroo sign that hangs up over the what stage. Well, yeah, he, he doesn't need to give that kind of stuff away. I know. Yeah. It was, it There's was. There's got to be some magic, some mystery. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good idea. So please don't do that. This is a what podcast public service announcement. Please don't trespass. Onto the farm of it. Please don't trespass a great stages park. Please. Glad the Please. law abiding voice of yeah. reason. When did this happen? I'm not, hey, you know, I'm just trying to protect my people. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Ed O'Brien next week. Another Patreon chat. That's Brad. That's Lord. No, I'm Brad. That's Barry. That's Lord Taco. We'll talk to you next week on the What Podcast. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner.